Hey, Pasa, Peaks and Valleys family. My name is TK Trinidad, and I've been in the broadcast industry for about 10 years now. And you wouldn't believe how everything is changing. For example, podcasts. Before you needed expensive equipment like mics and headphones, but now all you need is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's absolutely free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast. It's everything you need in a podcast in one place. Make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Peaks and Valleys with TK Trinidad. Ciao, guys. Marcellus Wiley is a former NFL player who played defensive end for 10 seasons. He's a Columbia graduate, husband, father, author, and sports broadcaster. You may know him as the outspoken host of the show Speak for Yourself on Fox Sports 1. We discuss how at a very young age, he decided that he was going to be the person to take his family out the hood and what the transition was like from NFL player to broadcaster. Life as a host ain't easy, and Marcellus joins Peaks and Valleys to talk about it right now. They say it is the darkest before the dawn, but what do you do before the dawn comes when all you have is candles and nightlights guiding your path until morning, until your sight is restored and you can see your way out, your way through, your way to the other side. You push with all your might until the day breaks your victory comes. This is Peaks and Valleys with TK Trinidad. Woo! All right, folks. We have the man, the myth, the legend, the author, the retired NFL player, the track athlete, the retired track athlete, the husband, the father. You know him for Speak for Yourself, the ultimate host, Mr. Marcellus Wiley. What's up? Oh, TK in the house. What's up, track star? How's it going? Man, I'm just trying to, you know, I, I mean, you know, I'm going to try because my one, ten, one sentence I always say is like, I'm just trying to be like you when I grow up. But mm. apparently that's like a negative thing. So I'm, I'm trying to switch it around. So I am blessed and highly favored. That's going to be my new sentence. Yeah, people started to smell the little tinge of hate in there. Like, oh, it must be nice being you. Or, oh, how's your little business going? Or, uh, you know, I want to be like you when I grow up. So, you know, yeah. you can't say nothing today. People always going to twist it. I, I know. And, like, I say it in just, like, I want to be like, like, I legit not want to be exact like you. But, you know, let's get into it. So, first <laughs> off, let me just say, um, I always preface it because some people act like, oh, you guys know each other. It's like, yes, I've known Marcellus. Yeah, we worked at the gym together or we worked together at the gym. He didn't work at the gym, obviously. Um, but it's so funny. Oh, like, what this, are we doing? We were I know, right? <laughs> His second job. He has this amazing book that came out in 2018 called Never Shut Up, The Life Opinions and Unexpected Adventures of an NFL Outlier. And let me just tell you, I know I'm behind the game. It's 2021. But this book is absolutely amazing. It had me laughing. Um, I'm not going to give it all away, but let me just say his grandmother had a gun. Um, there's just some crazy stuff in there that I was just, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And for you guys who are not readers, just get it on the audiobook. I'm mm -hmm. going to leave it there. I appreciate but it. with the show, it's about peaks and valleys. So I know you have a lot of stories. And if you guys don't watch Marcellus, he is the ultimate storyteller. I know you have a lot of stories. But is there one story that you can think of where you were just like, man, this is... 
it's just got real. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this or, you know, I might have to, you know, switch things up. Is there a story that, you know, that you can talk about that and how you got out of it? Yeah. I mean, countless moments of adversity uh, growing up where I grew up. Uh, I guess I could say it's well documented, at least it's on Google and Wikipedia. But in reality, man, I grew up in Compton, California. I was born and raised there to the age of five. And then I stayed there every single weekend of my life, basically, because my grandmother was there. But uh, my family, my mother, my father, my nuclear family, we moved to greener pastures from Compton to South Central LA, right off Slauson. So mm -hmm. I grow up um, in the snowfall days, like before Franklin and all them. And I got to see it raw and real. So uh, I have so many adverse moments. I tell you the worst part about growing up in the conditions I grew up in wasn't the gangs, wasn't the drugs, wasn't the poverty. It was the low ambition. I just saw too many people who had more talent. Uh, they had more juice than they were showing the world. I saw mm -hmm. too many people that had jobs, not careers. I saw too many people who weren't living their dreams, but instead living on the edge. So mm -hmm. obviously through osmosis, and through those being some of my peers or even role models, um, it started to wear on me as well. So I had a lot of adverse moments. But I guess one that sticks out is when I was in college and I was just feeling down on my luck. Um, like a lot of us, you know, we can call it all types of things. You could call it depression. You could call it anxiety. You could call it having a bad day. Whatever mm -hmm. makes you feel better. But whatever gets you out of that despair is what I would call it. So I was having a bad day. Um, I noticed in life that there are so many moments of, let's call them fork in the road moment. Um, so it's a fork in the road moment for me. And it's funny, full circle, you fast forward, I have a foundation called Project Transition, which is about those fork in the road moments and helping people mature into the full optimum selves of themselves. So mm -hmm. I'm at one of those moments. And I remember talking to my football coach at the time at Columbia, Joe White. And I'm just telling him my story, but my story is full of lemon and he's going to make it lemonade. And he kept listening to me, listening to me. And I swear I, I gave him every receipt I had, but all I showed was the debits, not the credits. Mm. Uh, and in this moment, he looked at me and he was like, look, man, there's two things you could do in this moment. Two things you could always do in life, either get bitter or get better. Mm. Now, when he gave me that, definition and that disparity and more importantly that dichotomy i immediately imagine getting bitter and going forward and continue to blame circumstances the externals my neighborhood my coaches uh, my teachers and then mm -hmm. i said let me imagine the better which means i actually take self-responsibility and i just make it happen like i don't care what my mama did i don't care what my daddy did i don't care what anybody's done to me i know what i want to do and mm -hmm. in that moment, it helped really define and give me clarity to what road to travel and always to travel, at least in mindset. You're always going to face adversity. You're always going to face some ills. But how do you respond to those? So that was probably my greatest clarity moment in terms of response. And so now when anybody and everybody or anything comes my way, trust me, Joe White pops up in my head, bitter <laughs> or better. And trust me, I keep on smiling and trucking. Now. Being, I mean, I'm not even going to, I hate when people put themselves on the same level. So like former track athlete, I hate when people like, oh yeah, I used to run track in high school. I hate that. But 
being a retired NFL player, what I do find um, similar is when you spend like the majority of your life in sport, you and you're and you're either forced out of it or you decide to retire, all that stuff, you find yourself trying to figure out the next move. And I know you went to Columbia with the intention of, you know, there's, you know, we're gonna see what happens, but I'm gonna make this decision. But when it was all over, I know you kind of talk about it in your book, but can you talk about like that feeling where like, all right, I'm I'm here, I'm retired. Um, yeah, what am I what am I gonna do now? Yeah, um, another transitional moment, another moment of transition for me. Um, I have a huge belief in myself and I don't have anything to compare it to because I can never jump into the body of someone else and know what their communication is in their inner dialogue. But I will say my cheerleaders are big. They got huge pom poms and they yell a lot and they yell very loud. And <laughs> I'm not a cocky dude. I keep it all within myself. It stays in this arena between my ears. But trust me, they going hard for me every single day, every single way. So when I was approaching retirement on the outside, it looked a little scary. It, it looked like, whoa, what's going to happen? What's next? But I always got an inner belief that it's going to work itself out. I just got to mm -hmm. stay dedicated, focused, and disciplined on the road ahead. So I didn't necessarily know what I was going to do, but I knew whatever I was going to do was going to align with my passion, which would activate my acumen. So it turned into being a broadcaster. It turned into me translating the game with passion that I love so much. And mm -hmm. to those who didn't have the opportunity, like you said, to play at the professional level, that was just really my mantra. So when things got scary on the outside, and my teammates, all these fools, they kept yelling at me, why are you leaving, dog? You know how much money you make? Oh, your highlights in life going to be behind you, not in front of you. Ain't nothing else out there better than this, homie. And I was like, look, bro, I don't have the answer to all of these statements and questions y'all throwing my way, but I know that whatever I'm going to do, trust me, if I'm doing it, I'm going to get after it. And it was just that simple. So I walked out on faith. And mm -hmm. the faith wasn't of the external it was in the internal. So I'm big on inner power. And I think that message gets lost in translation a lot in this world because everybody in this world is looking for a group or or a posse or some hope or a politician right. system or the government. And man, look, <laughs> I done been at the bottom and I'm somewhere closer to the top, not at the top. But let mm -hmm. me tell you what I learned on that journey. Ain't nobody giving you no handouts. Ain't nothing coming your way. They'll forget about you as fast as they'll remember you if you make yep. them remember you. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we're all we're all replaceable to 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 a lot of folks. Now, even reading your book, and I had this conversation with somebody about this the other day. Like, what in your life as a child got you to that mindset? Because again, I'm going to give a little bit about about away about the book. You were talking about how you're younger and your sister was talking on the phone. You're like, everybody's just talking. Everybody's just talking on the phone. And you were you were young when you discovered that. And then you realized that you were going to take it on yourself to bring your family out of the hood. So like, what was that your grandmother? Was that religion? Like, what do you think kind of got you into that mindset? Um, I think it was a gumbo of all those things. Like I had a sister that made me daring. I had a grandmother that made me courageous and they're different. Uh, my sister made me say, go do it. I got your back. My grandmother said, it don't matter what you do. You good. And it's a little bit of a difference. Then I had a father who was so principle based. My daddy don't give a damn about who did what. 
He just want to know what's right and what's wrong. So if I was in the right, my daddy had my back. If I was in the wrong, my daddy would take me to the judge. He didn't give a damn. So I learned principles. My mom, I describe my mom as this. If you go to the store and buy a coloring book, the outline is my dad. He's the principal. He's what the shape is. My mom is the crayons. She's the one that colors me in with the emotions, the life being vibrant, mm. everything. All of my energy, emotional content come from my mama. Big mama's boy. Rest in peace, mama. So I'm a gumbo. I'm just a piece mm. of that. All of those people, Voltron together. But what I am, if I had to say I had a superpower, is I'm very mindful. Um, as Even as a little kid, I saw my uncles who was gangbanging. And I didn't even know what gangbanging was. I didn't know what gangsters were. I just knew my uncles wore blue all the time. They had rollers in their head. Um, they had these cars that everybody was like, I want every girl like them house. Blah, blah, blah. They went it. But I mm -hmm. also noticed when they came in the house, they wasn't so tough. My grandma had them in check. I used to see them cry. I used to see them emotionally in turmoil. I used to see them hurting. I used to see them be powerful on the outside and weak on the inside. And I got mm -hmm. to get behind the veil. So I realized, oh, that gangster life ain't fresh as y'all think it is on the outside. So for me, me being mindful, I knew I had to put my cape on. And I literally at seven, eight years old said, I'm going to have to save this family. It ain't because my mama is not a great student. My mother was a straight A student, had mm -hmm. two kids at the age of 17 and 19 and committed herself to her family and raising us. My father was a postal employee who grew up picking cotton in Tyler, Texas for the summer. So I was just mindful of my parents have run the relay. They've given me the baton. They have focused, stayed in their lane and dedicated their life to me and my upbringing. Now it's mm -hmm. on me to take my few talents and make them manifest, make them materialize and go to the next level. And what were my talents? I was smart. I was athletic. And I was nice. That's it. I, that's all I did. They gave me all the ingredients. And all I could add was I'm smart, athletic, and nice. We mm -hmm. start spinning that up, tasting it every single day, every single way until it finally tasted good enough. Man, I, just, oh, I don't even. Y'all just need to go and read the book. Because even the story with your dad, that was. That's a whole nother. That's a whole. I don't. I don't even want to give it away. You guys just need to read it because yeah, yeah. That's a whole story. That's a whole story in itself. I almost feel like you need to do a book on your dad because what what his thought process was. But yes, yes. My dad is looking at this world today and just shaking his head. He's seventy three years young and he just looks around and he's like, "Wow, things have really changed." And it's funny because the overt pain that he had to deal with and was inflicted on him and his life and his circumstances mm -hmm. uh, really gave me perspective. And with that perspective, I walk strongly and I walk with no fear. And I think what I'm noticing right now is two things that always stick out. My grandma used to always say this. She was like, most people don't make it because they're scared. And then the mm -hmm. rest of dumb. So it's so funny. <laughs> I'm looking at what's worse today is I see a lot of dumb, scared people like they've combined forces. And I'm not here to say what success looks like to you. You mm -hmm. are answering that. But to me, what success is simply is whatever you dream your life to be. You are in steadfast pursuit of making that a reality. And then one day it materializes just that simple. 
I wanted to be a school teacher. Everybody keep thinking I'm successful because I got money or I play ball and I'm on TV. Bro, I was going to work at LA Unified if football didn't work out. And trust me, I dare somebody walk up to me at TJI Fridays talking about you ain't successful and I'm a school teacher. <laughs> I would whoop. So the point is, define your own <laughs> success and go chase it. I think you already answered my last question. My last question was, in one sentence, what would you say to somebody who is who's in their who's in their valley? In one sentence. <sighs> it's gonna be a run-on sentence. <laughs> I'm gonna get a B. That's plus. okay. Everybody okay. does. Every time I say one <laughs> sentence, everybody gives me a paragraph, so it's okay. Right, right. Semicolons. Nobody knows how to pop <laughs> oh, I'm gonna try. Um, my favorite mantra statement adage is life is a competition between you and yourself mark twain and the reason why i love that one is because it helps you distill it helps you crystallize what this world is this world's a manifestation and trust me you can't lie to this world because this world ain't gonna do nothing but show you receipts and, mm -hmm. and you can say what you want to the homies i've been there before when my friends didn't want to work out and I had two choices either join them and not work out or say, you know what? I'm still going to get this work. So for me, it's always about improving me and not caring who's in front of me, who's behind me and who's next to me. And that's mm -hmm. a tough perspective for most people. But I'm just trying to tell you, if you want to get to where you want to go, you better understand it's all on you. And it's just that simple. Now, there's going to be adversity that slows you down. There are going to mm -hmm. be circumstances that either fuel you or they're going to hinder you. But be greater than your greatest excuse. And when I was sitting there on my low moment, one of, in my living room, looking at that popcorn ceiling, talking to my coach and just reading them debit after debit in my life, I had a choice. And mm -hmm. uh, basically what he was telling me is simply be greater than your greatest excuse. So if people out there understand you competing against yourself and you could be greater than your greatest excuse, oh, you're going to get where you got to go. Mm, my God. You, you, do you, you feel, I feel like you're just um, a walking book of these, these one-liners, like good one-liners, not those like one-offs, but the, these like motivational one-liners. Like, do you, do you just have them in the, you have a good memory? Do you just come up with them? Do you read them? Like what? Yeah. How, how did this happen? I mean, look, I call them Wiley-isms because people kept coming up to me like, dog, you be dropping these one-liners like, you know, Lil Wayne. So I was like, all right, so let me just call them Wiley-isms. But really, it's just things that have motivated me. Um, I create a lot of them myself just off of circumstance. I'll be mindful. I'll reflect. Soon something happened. And I was like, what just happened? And then I was like, yo, that's something poetic. That's something that is universal. That's something that can help others. So I just collect them in my mind. I put them to the, the pen and the paper in terms of uh, calling them Wileyisms. But all things considered, it's just like we all doing the same thing. We just think it's different. For those who don't believe me, read your Bibles. Tower, Tower of Babel. People try to build their power up to God. God no, nah, knock that down. Y'all going to look different. Y'all going to sound different. Y'all going to have different cultures and customs. But y'all going to be sitting there stressing about the differences and not acknowledging the similarities. Mm -hmm. I'm just the person that realizes that we way more similar than we different. We're not divided. We're just different. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm encouraged to be like, I'm going to tell you what I think. 
Now, I know that comes with backlash and hate, and I'm going to cancel them. Good luck canceling me, homie. It ain't happening. So I just be me. I hope you can be you. And if not, you're just going to have to watch me be me. Yeah, that's that's exactly what, I, you know, I'm going to just, this is very short because we're not, there's really not, we don't need to spend too much time on this. But it's kind of crazy because, um, like, when I read, read your book, I've been telling everybody about your book because I'm, I'm a sucker for a great story and just a motivational story. Obviously, the, the reason for the show. But, you know, the first thing I get from people is like, oh, well, you know, he's, he thinks differently. And I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. Tell on yourself, people. Why not? Like, I, I'm not, a, I'm not part of the sheep. I remember reading the Bible and it said, uh, the gates to heaven are narrow and few come between. That basically means if you're going where everybody else is going, you better turn around because they ain't going nowhere. The gates to heaven are narrow. Few get between. So I already knew that. Alarms. Like, this is what happens when you got kids. Yeah. You got alarms and stuff. Hey, <laughs> put the bouncy water castle inside. <laughs> that was literally that alarm. But um, in all seriousness, like, I always knew that in a pyramid of success, in a pyramid of life, the mm -hmm. most room is at the bottom. You know, mm. to climb, as they say, to climb the ladder, you got to get through the crowd at the bottom, the bottom rung. And so, look, I'm from the bottom. So you ain't going to tell me no more about the bottom than I already experienced. Trust me. I grew up on welfare and food stamps and three checks a month. I know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So I just came to an understanding that I'm not going to blame everything else around me or anybody around me. I'm just going to find it in me. And so when you express that type of power, especially if you do it before people can see the results, all oh, they coming for your head. And I'm like, look, this is not being professed for you and your confirmation. This mm -hmm. is for my manifestation. So I just laugh at people when they come at me because one, no one sits in front of me and really tries to come at me because you can't do that because then we're going to talk some real. And I'm going to have you in tears talking about, I wish I was that strong in my mind. I'm not even that strong. It's just you being weak. <laughs> it's just own your space. We all got our own fingerprints. We all got our own signatures. And if you ain't seeing mm -hmm. your own stuff, then you one of them sheep. Oh, boy. So what does Marcellus Wiley do on a daily basis? Like, do you have like motivation, a mantra? Is there is there something that you do on a daily basis to try to keep yourself like in line with this positive thought? Yeah. Um, one, I, I'm a huge believer in reminders um as you just saw one pop up for me but i remind myself to appreciate what i have and even when i didn't have anything to appreciate that because having something is having everything so my construction my mental construction is really simple it's just dressed up well i am wealthy because i have a wife that loves me up down sideways I'm wealthy because I have four kids that just think I'm a superhero. Now, everything else is condiments and ways to make that look better, be better, etc. But a man's wealth, a woman's wealth really comes from your contributions to this world. And since mm -hmm. we ain't going to be here forever, those contributions have to come through family. They have to come through friends. Legacy is really those people you influence and those people you're concerned with that you can actually give them something that they can take and manifest for themselves. So I'm really rich because I remind myself that it don't matter if I had a bad take on LeBron or I was wrong about the game tonight or I didn't get a tackle or, you know, all these trivial things. Like, I'm, I'm great because 
I'm around people who are great and I'm around people who think I'm great, no matter what this world is trying to tell me. And mm -hmm. this is fine. So I'm just a big believer that when things get tough and they always do, we get to that fork in the road. Are you going to go left and be bitter? Or are you going to go right and be better? So I remind myself in those moments, not about external achievement or the big contract or, man, you need to go out there and do this. I just remind myself, man, you already equipped. You already got it in you. So the strength is in here. You just got to bring it out. There it is. Last question, simple ones. One, is there a second book coming out? And two, any more kids? Because I feel like I remember when you had, I mean, you have an older daughter. I remember when you had your son. I remember you had a daughter. And it's like, wait, you have a, what? How did I miss? So, um, yeah, you, you, any more kids on the way and another book coming down the pipe? Uh, another book for sure, a, a book of Wileyisms for sure to universally motivate all. Um, another book about life, a little deeper level for sure, um, with a little different focus. Uh, in terms of kids, hell no. Nah. My wife finally said, Nope. I said, <laughs> Nope, with her. It was so funny. We both looking at each other still in this mindset of, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We looked at each other like, We good. Like, we had a baby during the pandemic, little Olivia, and she went through it. She didn't even know what people were like when when it finally start opening up. She thought right. everyone was a gardener. So we going around. She's just looking at people like they gardeners. I'm like, no, nah, that's just the only people you've ever seen. The gardeners. Wow. So <laughs> now nah, we good over here. Uh, you know, I've got our squad right here. We got our our five. Our plus one. We got a relay plus a couple alternates. We ready. I like it. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I can't wait for the next book. I'm going to be on it now. Like I, I kind of, you know, the audiobooks is everything, but I mean, I am so happy that, cause I had it in, in mind to read it. And I'm so glad that I got on this audiobook training. I was like, yes. And even how you just, y'all, I can't even say, and I, and I don't big up people like that. Like I legitimately read the book and I was texting myself the whole time. I'm like, uh, yes, we were. <laughs> so thank you so much. It's, um, I, it really speaks to uh, somebody like yourself who is humble enough to, you know, do this show for one, but you, you've done so much. Like you took me around the ESPN and I mean, you, it, it's just one of those things that you don't have to do it. And then after reading the book, I didn't realize you did all these other amazing things like MTV cribs and all this other stuff. I mean, you know, and it was just like, you didn't have to do it. So I really appreciate it. And you know, that is definitely true to testament of who you are as a person. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. All right, Keep people out you. there, stop playing. Stop playing. I don't want to hear it. I want to see it. Don't tell me something you can do. Let's go get it, y'all. <laughs> that part. Merci beaucoup. Peaks and Valleys is produced by Josh Rodriguez and TKO Productions. Spoken word and voiceover is done by yours truly, Lem Gonzalez. Thank you for listening. And remember, after the darkness comes the dawn.